Hey, we want to welcome all of those that are watching online. We appreciate you joining us today. We want to just take a moment to uh, pray, and then we'll be entering into the Word in just a moment. So let's, let's just take a moment and just reverence the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in our lives today. Father, we come to you with grateful hearts. We really are thankful for what you're doing in and through our lives. And Lord, it's the desire of our heart to become more like you, to think like you, to act like you, to walk like you, to be like you in every way, that we would follow your Holy Spirit everywhere you lead us. And thank you today on behalf of all of us here at High Point Church, Lord, for changing our lives, transforming us, and helping us to become more like Jesus in every way. In Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. Amen. You know, I don't know why, but I was just thinking about, you know, how grateful I truly am to be married to such an amazing woman. She is just awesome. Just over 21 years of being married to an amazing woman. I am so grateful for her. She is such a gift and such a blessing. You know, I, I'm still learning, you know, obviously kind of in, in marriage, you kind of get your, you know, you might get your GED first or your diploma and then your two-year degree and then your four-year degree and master's and doctorate and I don't know where I'm at in that, but uh, I'm making progress. I did hear about this guy though, by the way, he uh, had the Lord appear to him on his birthday one day and the Lord said, well, son, I'd like to give you something for your birthday, just in honor of you. What can I give you? And he said, well... Father, he said, I'd really like to go to Hawaii. He said, I'm just afraid to fly. He said, could you build me a bridge to Hawaii? And the Lord responded and said, son, do you know what you're really asking? Do you understand the architectural, the engineering, design, and everything that the logistics that go with that? That's really virtually impossible to do. And he said, isn't there anything else that I could do for you? And he said, well, he said, I've been married like four times. And he said, I just don't understand women. Can you please give me an understanding of women? And the Lord responded and said, do you, did you want that to be two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> you know, I, uh, in the last few weeks, I am, I'm just absolutely being saturated in the grace of God. You know, I woke up a few weeks ago and I heard the Lord say these words, grow in grace. So for the last few weeks, I've just been doing everything I can with a highlighter in my Bible, going through grace scriptures. And I believe that today my message for you is going to be just an offshoot. It's going to be just a branch out of what the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about. Some of the stuff that I may be talking about in the next couple of weeks is something that maybe I've grown, I've developed, I've become a little bit more experienced in. And some of it may be just absolutely brand new to me. But either way, uh, I think we should just, just turn to your neighbor and say, let's grow in grace. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, grace, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, it says, we are saved by grace through faith. In other words, it's not anything that we deserved. It's not anything that we earned. We don't get to heaven because of being uh, good enough in any way, shape, or form. The only reason we get to go to heaven is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, we get a free ticket, even though it was not free to him. He paid a great price for us. So grace, though, is a gift to us that Jesus paid. Grace is not just a theology. His name is Jesus. He is a person. And when we grow in grace, when we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, when we grow in understanding what grace really means, and grace means either divine intervention, when you look at it through the scriptures, or it means unmerited favor. 
If you think about it like this, uh, in the Egyptians and the Israelites, when the Egyptians were holding Israel in bondage, well, the curse came upon them. God kept saying, let my people go. And they refused. They wanted to keep Israel in, in bondage. They wanted to keep them as slaves. And, and God kept warning them, and they just wouldn't listen. And so in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were, God's people, they were protected by God's grace. But the Egyptians kept experiencing curse after curse after curse, plague after plague after plague. They were experiencing tragedy, uh, tragedy in huge ways, eventually to the point where they eventually did let Israel go. But you could see a major wall of separation. So grace is divine intervention, and yet it also means unmerited favor. Now, scripturally speaking, there's several ways that we can grow in grace. And of course, we can look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, based upon what translation you're reading out of. But basically what this is saying, the paraphrase of this, is that as you read God's word, as you let it richly dwell in your heart, you're going to grow in God's grace. So every time, for example, like Joshua 1.8 tells us to meditate in God's word day and night, what that does to us is it allows us to grow in grace understanding knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more grace and understanding we gain of Christ in his divine intervention, in his unmerited favor, the easier we're going to overcome obstacles and adversities and challenges in life. Another way the scripture reveals to us is in James chapter 4, verse 6, says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In fact, it says that he gives more grace to the humble. So that means we can gain more grace in our life. And how many of us know that we need more grace? Amen? I mean, we need more grace in our life. And again, grace is divine intervention or unmerited favor. It's something that God desires for us to keep growing in. He wants us to understand the grace factor that's in our life. That grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the empowerment to overcome sin, the nature of sin, the desire of the flesh. Grace is what helps us to live a victorious life and to live strong and to live long. Grace is a gift for each and every one of us, and yet some Christians grow in grace and other Christians do not. Never even met one of those Christians. Don't look at them right now if they're sitting here. You know what I'm talking about? It's all rules and regulations, and, you know, it's everything is do, 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 rather than done, done done by Jesus Christ. Grace is the empowerment. Now, interesting enough, the empowerment to succeed is what blessing really means. And when you take and look at the scriptures from the very beginning, we can look at Adam and Eve and we can say, wow, God blessed them. And he said, you are blessed. Now be multiply and be fruitful. So God blessed Adam and Eve from the very beginning and all throughout scriptures, God blessed his people. And interesting enough, there are some people that just really stood out for the glory of God. And that's what God wants us to do is to grow in his grace, to become a standout for his kingdom so that people will say there is something tangible on that person's life. If you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph was here. He was uh, grace. Let me put it this way. When you become a believer, it doesn't mean you're going to be exempt from problems and challenges in this world. However, grace is what gives us the ability to overcome those problems and those challenges in the worst world. 
And so Joseph, for example, as he was sold into slavery by his own brothers because of jealousy and envy, he went to Potiphar's house. He gets promoted to overseeing Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lies about him. He's thrown into the dungeon, into prison. Not right, but there he is. Years go by, and yet there was grace. There was a tangible presence of the Lord that Potiphar saw and the prisoner, uh, prison guard saw on Joseph's life. Eventually, Joseph's put in charge of the dungeon. And because of the grace, or you could say the favor of God on Joseph's life, he's eventually made ruler over Egypt next to Pharaoh. So grace means God is going to help us to get through anything and everything that we are faced here on earth with, and grace is what we all need. And the more we grow in grace, the quicker we can get over that situation that we may be faced with in life. It really is the separation of the, uh, the world's tactics to still kill and destroy. Grace is the empowerment, the blessing to help us to overcome. So think of it like this. Blessing, now every time you talk about the blessing of God, it's totally, entirely, divinely interwined. In, it, it, they are connected with each other. That grace, blessing, favor, they're all connected together. So if we talk about blessing, think favor. If we think about grace, think favor today, okay? We'll get into another message next week called Shames Off. Uh, just like games off, shames off, that's what grace does. And I'll get into that next week. But today, I want to talk about how God has given us grace. We're going to focus on the favor package today. So turn to your neighbor and say, I've got favor on my life. How about you? Again, we grow in grace or we grow in favor by reading the Word of God, meditating in the Word of God, and through humility. When uh, I was praying and asking the Lord about another ministry one time that I used to work at and serve, and I thought, wow, what a night and day difference from when they first started their ministry to where they are now globally impacting the world. I mean, it looks like a huge university campus when you drive on to this ministry. It's one of the largest ministries in the entire world. And I just thought, Lord, how did they do that? I mean, I realize it's faithfulness, consistency, persistence, determination. I realize all that. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave me a dream that night, and I saw the head of that organization. He was on his knees like this. And he had his hands raised to heaven, and he said, grace, grace. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is how I got him there. In other words, that's how God's going to help you to overcome. That's how God's going to help you to reach your God-given dreams and destiny is when you humble yourself before the Lord and you say, grace, grace. And you may need to do it every day. You may need to do it at noonday. You may need to do it at uh, the nighttime. But the more you acknowledge that, God, I need your grace today, that is humility. So many people take credit for when grace or favor shows up on their life. And I want to take and I want to take us into a deeper walk as a family of God. I want to take us into a deeper walk of walking in the favor of God. So Luke chapter 2 verse 52 it reminds us that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus grew in favor with God and man. If Jesus can grow in favor with God and man then so can we. Amen. But here's the question. I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or, you know, ask anybody around you. But I want you to ask yourself this question throughout today's message. Has anyone noticed the favor of God on my life lately? Has anyone noticed the favor of God on my life? Because you should be a standout. 
And if not, then today's message is absolutely for you. You should be noticeably different than the rest of the world. People should be able to recognize, like they saw in Joseph's life, something is different about that person. Why are they experiencing favor like that? And they might call it luck. You are so lucky. That is just unbelievable. Well, it shouldn't be. It should be believable, and it shouldn't be luck. Which, by the way, the word luck comes from the name Lucifer, which is Satan. That's just new news for some of you. So take that word and get it out of your vocabulary. Because you're not lucky. You're not under that father. The father lies. Lucifer. Satan. You are blessed to be a blessing. Blessing is the empowerment God gives us to succeed. And favor is the opportunities God gives as a token of his love for you and me. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 through 3, let's take a look at some of the scriptures. I'm going to take you through the Old Testament into the New Testament real quickly. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 through 3, And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him who curses you or uses insolent language towards you. And you, with all the families and kindred of the earth, will be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. Let's take a look one chapter later what happened to Abraham's life. Genesis chapter 13, verse 2, as a result of this blessing or the favor of God that was bestowed upon Abraham. Genesis chapter 13, verse 2, Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. It became very tangible. Now, favor can do way more than what money can do. We want favor, we want wisdom, we want grace. We want that far more than we uh, desire anything else in this world. But here's the after, or you could say the blessing of what happens to those who walk in the favor of God. Because again, the, the blessing of God is the empowerment to succeed. But the favor of God, the grace of God that's on our life is the opportunities of God's gift, free gift, token of love for you and me. So opportunities will keep coming and that blessing will grab it and say, I've got it, I've seized it, and now the blessing will help you, empower you to succeed in that God-given gift of grace or favor, you could say. So turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm highly favored today. <laughs> favor can do more for you and move you light years ahead of others in one day. Grace can open doors that no man can shut and can shut doors that no man can open. Favor is what we need to walk out what God has called us and destined us to do. In Genesis chapter 24, verse 1, it says, God blessed Abraham in all things. So it wasn't just in money or livestock or anything like that. It says very clearly that God blessed him in all things. All things in every way, shape, and form. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, socially. In every way, God blessed him in all things. A blessing and favor, you could say, of God continues to the descendants of Abraham, which we become eventually. I'll get to that in just a moment. But in Isaac's life, so Abraham's son, Isaac, in Genesis 26, verse 3, it says, Dwell temporally, God says to Isaac, in this land, and I will be with you and will favor you with blessings. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. The Bible goes on to tell us in Genesis 26 that King Abimelech actually came to him eventually and said, 
Isaac, there's something different about you. We know the Lord is with you. We want a covenant basically with you. Why was he coming to him, Isaac, who is a, just a common man, you could say, and here's a king coming to him and saying, we want a covenant with you because we see the Lord is with you. God has blessed you. We want a covenant. What was the king saying is, we see something on you that we don't have on us. In other words, if you covenant with us, maybe we can get something that's on you on us. And Isaac sowed in that land that year in the land of famine. So this is just one of examples of how God favored him. And he sowed in that land when there was famine. And he actually reaped a hundredfold in that land when everybody else's fields weren't going well. That's what favor will do. That's what the blessing of God will do. And again, every time I say blessing, think of favor. Every time I say grace today, think of favor. God continues to show his people this favor to stand out for his glory. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Dwell temporally in this land, and I will be with you and will favor you with blessings. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. The reason, folks, I'm giving you these scriptures is because if you need to meditate in the word of God day and night, then you need to know what scriptures you should be meditating day and night if you want to walk in a deeper level of God's favor. So if you need to take this message and listen to it over and over, I highly recommend it. Because if you want to grow in grace or you want to grow in the favor of God, you're going to need to get these scriptures deep down inside of you. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're not expecting favor, guess what? You're not going to experience favor like you could or you should. But if you get it deep down in your heart and you start believing God for favor, you're going to start walking in the favor of God like no man has seen before. This blessing is bestowed upon us. In fact, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, it says that God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But here's what he goes on to say. Through Jesus Christ, that blessing that was on Abraham has come on us. Praise God for that. Amen? God is so good. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, now the boy Samuel grew and was in favor both with the Lord and with men. Job chapter 10, verse 12. You've granted me life and favor, and your providence has preserved my spirit. In Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. I know I'm going pretty fast. I see some pens out there smoking on paper right now. Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. With favor you will surround him, surround us, surround the righteous, God's people, as with a shield. So God has placed his blessing on us, and he also surrounds us with his favor. In Psalm 30, verse 5, it says his favor is for a lifetime. So it doesn't mean it's just for a season in your life. It means it's for a lifetime that God's favor is placed upon you. In Psalm 41, verse 11, By this I know that you favor and delight in me because my enemy does not triumph over me. So in other words, we're not exempt to the enemy's attacks in this life that we live in. But here's the key is that he won't let, because of the grace of the favor that's on your life, the enemy will not be able to triumph over you. So in other words, weapons may form against you, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper, the Bible says. So even though the enemy may place an attack on your life, it means he cannot triumph over you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Now all throughout the New Testament, The Holy Spirit is helping us to become grace or favor-minded, favor-conscious. And I think, again, every time you read the word grace this week, I'm going to challenge you throughout the scriptures. Every time you read the word grace, every time you're studying the word of God, I want you to translate, think, favor. In fact, I'm going to practice with you guys this morning because whatever you practice in life, you become best at. 
Whatever you practice, good or bad, you're going to become really great at. So let's practice what God wants us to practice. Let's translate uh, grace into favor. Every time I say grace, I want you to say favor out loud. Okay, are you ready? So I'm going to take you through a few scriptures. Romans chapter 1, verse 7. Grace. Let's do that again. You'll say favor. I'm going to say grace. It sounded really good, but I want you to really say it boldly and confidently. Grace. Be to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Grace Favor. to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2. Grace Favor. to you. Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. Grace Favor. to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace Favor. to you. Philippians 1, 2. Grace Favor. to you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Grace to you. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace to you. And 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and mercy and peace be to you. So turn to your other neighbor and say, favor be to you. The more favor-minded we become, the less we will fear being a blessing to someone else. Have you ever noticed that? That it eliminates a scarcity mentality. And we desire to become more gracious or more uh, divine intervention or more favor-minded, not only to become stronger receivers for the Lord, but also to become a vessel for the Lord. The more highly favored you become in your conscience and your thinking, the more you desire to show grace or favor to people around you. I can remember multiple times that we've been at restaurants and the Lord's spoken to us to give a waitress or a waiter to a, a nice large tip. And it's just, it is such a positive feeling to show favor to people. I remember one time we had just eaten breakfast and there was this lady, she had a Russian accent and we said to her, what, what is your story? And she literally sat down with us, even though she was doing everything in that restaurant. I mean, she was like getting behind it. It looked like she was cooking, she's serving, she was doing everything. But she took a few moments to just tell us her story. And she told us her story that she had come from Russia. She moved here. She had married a man who happened to be a very abusive physically man. She had just gotten out of a hard, hard relationship and uh, just a tough situation, and she was, as a single mom now, trying to take care of, you know, her kids. We thought, Lord, this is you. This is an opportunity to show grace. And I don't remember what we gave, but it was at least three times more than what the meal, that she was so shocked that she thought we're trying to, you know, get change back. And No, that's for you. And she had a hard time receiving it. But what that was is the more favor conscious we become, the more we desire to show favor to people And that's what the blessing is, is learning to be there to help prevent situations that people are going through. When the blessing or the favor of God is on your life, you actually become a blessing, as as God said, that you will dispense good to others. So I have blessed you to be a blessing. And the more you become a better receiver for the all-time quarterback of all times, the more he's going to be glorified when he can get some good receivers out there that can catch well what he's trying to say to them, then you're going to score some great touchdowns and you're also going to glorify the greatest quarterback that has ever, ever lived in history. And his name is Jesus. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it reminds us that it's God's goodness and that word translated from Greek actually means it's the favor of God that leads man to repentance. 
It's God's goodness that leads man to repentance. It's favor is preferential treatment. In fact, it'll make you a standout that even the blessed people will call you blessed. That's what God's looking for is he wants you to stand out because there's going to be Christians that just don't understand this. They don't get it. They don't receive it. They don't believe for it. And if they don't believe for it, then you're going to be a standout. And they may come to you one day and say, why are you walking in such favor? I mean, you are such a lucky. And you'll say, no, I'm a blessed. I'm a blessed man or woman of God. Why is it that you're experiencing like preferential treatment? Because I know the Bible says that God has no favorites. But he does give grace to those who will receive. And so it can come looking like we are a favorite in God's eyes because we can come and become better receivers for his grace or his favor. I remember one time we were just getting the name, the highpointchurch.com name for our uh, website and we seized the opportunity. The favor was given to us and we got it. It was just amazing. And we got several ministry calls saying, how did you get that name? In fact, somebody had been hired to watch for when that domain name came available just to find that highpointchurch.com when it came available, that they were hired to just get that name. And we got it. And he's like, how did you get that? You know what I wanted to say? It's the favor of God. Na, 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 boo, boo. No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that because he was a believer. But you need to understand there is favor all over this ministry. The favor of God is all over us. I remember when this church building came available, it didn't even go on the market. We had a dream that there was an elderly man walking us around this building and the Lord has spoken to us about this building that sometime several years ago, but it was purchased by a Feed the Starving Children's Organization. And uh, an elderly man had it. And uh, all of a sudden, we had a dream one morning that we were taking a tour through the facility. So we contacted the manager of the food organization and said, hey, can we come and meet you? And they thought probably we're just coming to help support the ministry, whatever. So they said, sure. So we come here. And just like in the dream, we meet this elderly man who's the owner. And he walks us through the facility just like we saw in the dream. And at the end of the meeting, he sat down where the cafe is now. That's where offices used to be. And uh, we wanted the prime real estate to be for all of you. We want you to know this church is for the people. And so we made it, designed it that reason for you to enjoy uh, coming in rather than prime real estate being for the offices. So we put us up in the corner, like in closets upstairs and stuff. <laughs> teasing. I'm teasing you, of course. But anyway, so... We sit down with him in the office, and he says, uh, I decided this morning I want to sell this building. And he looked at us, and he said, why are you here? And we said, because we want to buy this building. The Lord had already told us how much to offer him, and, and just one thing led to another. Uh, we avoided commercial real estate fees. We ended up saving over a half a million dollars on this building because we waited for God's timing. That's the favor of God on this ministry. Amen. And what's on us is all over you. But I need you to become really great receivers for God's grace. God wants you to live in a state of his favor. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God, through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace 
state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand and let us rejoice and exalt in our hope and experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. So sometimes people will say, I'm living in a state of fear. I'm living in a state of depression. I'm living in a state of anxiety. I'm living in a state of poverty. In other words, everywhere I look, I'm just always poor. Well, if people can live in a state of fear, a state of depression, a state of anxiety, then how many know that we can live in a state of God's favor? I mean, it's right here in the Word of God that God wants us to live in a state of favor. That means you should be a standout. People should be able to see the tangible presence, the anointing, the favor, the grace all over your life. People should be able to see this because we should be believing for it and expecting because God says it's rightfully yours because of what Jesus Christ has done. In Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, God's goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That word goodness, actually, the synonymous word is favor. So in other words, favor will follow you all the days of your life. So favor has been put upon you. Favor surrounds you, and favor follows you all the days of your life. I love what the scripture says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 6. And remember, the word blessing also can be translated into favor or grace. You shall be blessed coming in and you shall be blessed going out. In other words, you should be walking in the favor of God when you come in and you should be walking in the favor of God when you go. In other words, everywhere you go where God leads you, you should be highly favored. You should be walking in his favor, his goodness. Now, let me ask you a question. I won't take you through all of this, and I've got some amazing scriptures on this, but I'm not going to take a lot of time to go into this. But what would happen if we just started decreeing these things over our life? What, you know, like a few weeks ago, I said, I want to challenge you to say, every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. And, uh, but what if we were to say, every day and every way, I'm walking in the favor of God? I'll tell you what would happen. You'd frame your world with your words. You know, God says in his word that you'll eat the fruit of your lips, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and whatever you speak is going to come to fruition. In other words, you have the ability with the power of your tongue to speak favor into existence no matter what you're going through today. So you will frame your world, so you can live in this world, but you're not of this world, but you can frame your world, the world like a separate world that you are in because we're not of this world. Amen? You can frame your world with your words. What if you were to decree that? Every day and every way, I'm walking in the favor of God. Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. Every day and every way, I'm living strong, living long. Every day and every way, I'm getting wiser and healthier. You know, it's just frame your world with your words. Let the weak say, I'm strong. You may not feel like you're walking in the favor of God today, but if you start speaking it into existence, how God calls things that be not as though they are, then you shall become like God. You shall be what God wants you to be. You are his children. You're supposed to imitate him, the Bible says. So if God calls things that be not as though they are, then you should be calling things that be not as though they are. You shouldn't be saying, man, I am living in a state of poverty. No, you shouldn't be saying like that. Don't curse your future. I'm living in a state of God's favor. I'm living in God's favor. You know, we should be aggressive with this too, amen? We should be aggressive with our words, especially when we're feeling down and out. You know, we walk by faith, not by sight. I remember when uh, Brother Jerry, Jerry Seville, um, our pastor who ordained us, he said at one point in his life, things weren't going as well. He wasn't seeing as much tangible presence of God's favor on his life. And he went before the Lord and he said, Lord, why am I not seeing more favor in my life? And he said, you've stopped decreeing it. 
And he made a decision from that day on that he's going to put on favor like he puts on his clothes. And he wouldn't leave his house until he's declared and decreed favor over his life and over that day. And then, all of a sudden, favor started showing up again. We need to be decreeing it. Oral Roberts used to say these words, something good is going to happen to you today. Do you all remember that? (laughs) Something good. What if you were to say, something good is going to happen to me today when you wake up? Something good, I'm talking about the favor of God is going to happen to me today. I know I'm going to be in the right place at the right time with the right people doing and saying the right things. And I know the favor of God is on me. It's surrounding me. It's following me. And everywhere I go, I'm going to experience the favor of God today. When you start decreeing things, you're going to start framing your world with your words. There will never be a Monday morning blues again. Amen? You know, I love it when people take time to acknowledge it too. You know, even little things. What about the green light? What about that front parking spot? What if you were to just stop and say, that was the favor of God? That person pulling out right at the perfect timing, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I can pull right in. I mean, I'm talking about acknowledging the favor of God every time someone buys you a meal or does something kind for you. Just acknowledge and say, Lord, that was your favor. Thank you, Lord. There's nine characteristics I want to give you what favor looks like a lot of times. It's not limited to this, but I want you to see this. Acts of kindness, these are characteristics, kind of almost like a definition of favor. Characteristics of favor. Acts of kindness, number two, advantage. So favor will show you advantage. It'll show you acts of kindness. Favor will also show you approval, number three. Favor will show you promotion when you didn't deserve it. You weren't as qualified as somebody else, but they said, there's something about you. I like you. I'm going to give you this job. That's a favor of God. Preferential treatment, privileges, goodwill, special support, and special attention. God's favor shows up. Once again, in acts of kindness, advantage, approval, promotion, preferential treatment, privileges, goodwill, special support, and special attention. You will begin to see and experience these things the more you expect it. As a man believes in his heart and says with his mouth, be thou cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, he will have whatever he says. And when you begin to look for something, good or bad, you will find it. So if you begin to look for these kind of things, when you begin to look for the favor of God and you take time to acknowledge it, and just under your breath or even out loud, that was the favor of God. Say what? I said that was the favor of God. I'm living in the state of favor. You're a lucky person. Now, I walk in the state of God's favor. I'm a blessed child of God. You're a what? You know, the blessed people should be calling you blessed. Uh, Favored people should be saying, man, you are highly favored. We can take this to a whole new level. And I could take this message and go probably several weeks on this, but I'm only going to talk about this today. So I want you to dig in. I'm going to challenge you to dig into this message, really expound on it, get these scriptures, meditating on them. And again, every day, grace, grace, Lord. Favor, favor to this day. Favor, favor to doors being open where doors need to be open, shutting doors where doors need to be shut. And every time something good happens to you, take a few seconds to say, Lord, that was your favor. Thank you for your favor. That front parking spot, that green light, that was your favor. Begin looking for it every day, not just once in a while. You should be experiencing the favor of God every single day of your life. If you will look for it, you will find it. 
Now, Amy and I took just a few days this week to take our kids up to Brainerd, and uh, we went to a, a, just a nice resort that we could uh, go and have some fun on the lake. And so one day we decided to go up to the, uh, there's these banana boat rides. And we thought, hey, that sounds like fun, you know, tubing in Minnesota. Of course, everybody loves tubing in Minnesota, but these are like big bananas, like 12 people could ride on it. And so we go up to the counter and we're like, hey, let's sign in and get our names on the list. We want to get on this banana boat. And of course, my wife is begging to be on it. Can you imagine? And so anyway, we're like, let's go. And so we go to the front counter and they're like looking through the list. I'm sorry, but we're all booked up. And they look at the list for the next day. We're booked up. <laughs> we're booked up. And this kid's standing next to us hearing the whole thing. And he looks at us and he says, you know what? I've got an extra boat and an extra banana boat. How about I take you guys out right now? We're like, that is a favor of God. We got a family private package going around Gull Lake, having a great time. And all we could say is, God, that is your favor. That's not luck. That's a favor of God. We experience the favor of God on a regular, daily basis. And the reason for it is because we are believing for it, we're expecting, we're looking for it on a daily basis. And so should you, because grace is not something that you deserve. It's a gift from God. And when you become more favor-minded, you actually become more gracious. You become more Christ-like in your life. I remember these words coming out of my mouth a few months, well, actually probably a few years ago now, but these words were coming out of my mouth one day when I was waking up out of my sleep, and I heard myself say it. It kind of jolted me out of my sleep. But I said these words, your favor has created me to be a success. Your favor has created me to be a success. And I woke up out of my sleep hearing myself say those words, and I sat there and pondered those words and meditated those words, and since then... I continually say that. Your favor has created me to be a success. Wow, it's grace. It's all grace in this. I understand that faith without works is dead, but I'm talking about, you know, decreeing a thing, and that is maybe a part of the work that we have in this. There is a responsibility. If we will decree a thing, it will be established, the Bible says. So if we will begin to frame our world expecting God's blessing to be on our life, expecting the favor of God on our life, we'll begin to see the evidence of the blessing on our life, the favor of God, and people will begin to look at you and say, you're really lucky, and we'll say, actually, it's the favor of God. The favor of what? The favor of God. I live in a state of favor. Would you like to know more about it? There are people who have gone to our pastor and said, I don't know what it is about you, but I want in. You're the luckiest person I've ever met in my life. And he said, well, actually, it's a favor of God. The favor of what? It's the favor of God. Oh, uh, whatever. I just want it. <laughs> We're talking about commercial real estate people and, and people coming to them saying, we want whatever you got. We should be living in that kind of state in our life. Not a state of depression, a state of anxiety, a state of fear, a state of poverty. We should be living in a state of God's favor. And again, I want to close it out with these thoughts. Humility will always say thank you. I heard the Lord say these words one time to me. He said, people who don't give compliments are full of pride. And I thought, oh, wow, I really need to get on my toes on this one. Make sure I'm giving a lot more compliments like Song of Solomon, like Solomon did to his wife, you know. I need to really get on this, you know, and really start complimenting. But people who don't give compliments are full of pride. In other words, God says, you know, when you come to me, I want you to come with thankfulness. When you come into my gates, come in with thankfulness. If you want to really come closer to me in my courts, where my heart is, I need you to come in with praise. So God's love language is compliments. He loves it when people praise him. He loves it when his people praise him. He inhabits the praises of his people. God loves it when he gets compliments. 
And he likes to show himself strong on behalf of those who will praise him, those who will acknowledge him, those who will simply say, thank you, God. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, and it makes it clear, when these people defiled themselves and destroyed themselves and started acting like animals, you know why that happened? Is because it shows in the Bible they stopped being thankful and they stopped giving glory, or you could say credit, to God. So when God kept showing favor and kept showing them kindness, unusual kindness or preferential treatment, all these different things, they were not thankful and they would not glorify God. They wouldn't give him credit. They wouldn't say thank you. They wouldn't say, that was a favor, God. Glory to God, you're awesome, God. They just wouldn't do it. And that's what caused God to say, okay, you just do your own thing. Go ahead and destroy yourselves, you unthankful bunch of groupies or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like God just got fed up. He's like, fine. If you're not going to appreciate what I do, then I'm just going to cut off all what I'm trying to do in your life, and you go and be like animals if you want to be. And they destroyed themselves, the Bible says. Jesus healed 10 lepers, and only one came back to give glory, give thanks to the Lord. He's like, where's the other nine? God wants to be appreciated. He wants to be acknowledged when he shows us kindness, and it starts with the little things. Begin to look for the little things. The front parking spot or the green light. Every time little things happen, not just big things, but little things, acknowledge it. And if you're thankful for the little things, God will start showing you the big things. Amen? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, he says, God says he's the one that's given us the power to get wealth in the first place. In other words, the one who has given us the power to succeed in life. So don't forget the one who is so kind and so good to us. And don't take it for granted. If you receive this, will you say amen? amen? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, I thank you so much for our time together today. We so appreciate you. You are such a good and gracious God, and we just want to acknowledge your favor today. As we dive into this series on growing in grace, Lord, we just want to say thank you from the very depths of our heart for teaching us how to turn up the intensity of your grace in our life, your favor in our lives. So, Lord, today we just acknowledge you and we appreciate you. We appreciate your presence. We appreciate your goodness. We appreciate your favor today. And we want to say thank you. Thank you from the very core of our heart for all the times that you've shown us kindness, the times that we didn't even know it was you, the things that you've done behind the scenes, the times where you've made the crooked places straight on our behalf. We didn't even know it, and maybe we didn't even acknowledge it, but today we want to say thank you for all the times that you've done things for us that we were not aware of, and thank you for all the times that you've done things for us that we are aware of. We appreciate you. You are such an amazing father, and we are so grateful to be in the house of the Lord and the family of God. And we give you glory today in all the honor and all the praise. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never become a part of the family of God, and today you're saying, Pastor, I really want to join the family of God. I want to become a part of what he's doing. I want to become a part of something that's much bigger than myself. I, I want to receive Jesus into my own life. And Maybe, let me take it one step further. You've accepted Christ, but you know deep down in your heart you're not living for Christ the way that you could or should. And today you're saying, Pastor, I want to come back to Christ. I want to fully surrender my life to Jesus. And today is the day. If that's you and you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to either accept Jesus Christ 
or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, all over this auditorium right now, would you slip up your hands just acknowledging, I want to receive Jesus or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Slip your hands high and you can put them right back down. I just need to see it for just a moment and then I can uh, acknowledge you. I see your hands. You can put your hands down. I appreciate that. I know it takes courage. It takes faith to do this. Any others who are saying, Pastor, pray for me too. I want to receive Jesus or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Just a moment longer. Any others? Okay, great. Let's do this. Those that are joining us online, we want you to pray this prayer out loud with us. As a congregation, we're going to pray it with you and those that are making that quality choice and that decision. The Bible actually says in Romans 10, verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, it's not what you've done right or wrong. All that matters is what Jesus Christ has done right for you. That's grace. And that's what we want to receive today. His free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. So let's put a hand on our heart. Let's pray out loud these words. Those that are joining us online, we want to encourage you. Pray this out loud with us as well. Heavenly Father, forgive us of all our sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.